welcome back. This is part 3B of the relationship series. And the second half of the conversation I had with my special guest, Lydia Santos. Why does your marriage give you anxiety? These are real truth bombs for Christian wives and honestly just encouragement, right? To bring you back to God. So I just want to remind you, Lydia is a certified teacher, turned homeschool mom. She has two boys. She and her husband have been married for 13 years. They've been through it, separation, divorce papers, reconciliation. And Lydia shares how she overcame shame, worked through difficult times in her marriage, reclaimed her identity in Christ, and helps other wives to do the same thing at The Jar Podcast. So make sure you check out The Jar Podcast This is, again, part two of our conversation. If you haven't listened to part one, you will be lost. Press pause here. Go to episode 60 and listen to part one of my conversation with Lydia. And then you can come over to this conversation, the second half, and tune back in. Otherwise, you're going to be confused. Some of the things are not going to really click for you. You're going to be picking up in the middle of the race, and that's never a good situation. So I hope that you will follow our lead. This is going to be truly worth it. I loved our conversation. I was super blessed by it. And that's that. Last thing I wanted to tell you before we dig in is that we are officially beginning the study of Jonah inside the Facebook group starting July 5th. Four-week study, completely free. I'll go live Monday through Friday. I hope to see you there. Let's do it. Listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with? If you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. So as you're sharing, I'm just reminded God's like planning a little idea, like don't try to uncover things as if it were like a, like formulated, like you said, right? Like Mm -hmm. if Lydia and her husband went through this and this is what it took for them to be in a spot where they have a healthy marriage, where they have a loving marriage that's filled with love and respect. um, That doesn't mean that this very thing will work for other women in their marriages. And I, I just want to like highlight that really quickly before I dig into like a couple things that I want to draw out of you a little more. With that said, the ladies who listen to this podcast struggle with anxiety on some level, overwhelm, burnout, um, whether it's from just like doing too much or maybe they don't have the capacity to do as much because they are too burdened by anything, by the tall task, right? And so what would you say if like thinking about that, remembering how you were feeling at the time and and what types of things you were believing, what led you to be 
in this space where you could receive biblical encouragement um, and you weren't like scoffing at it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also what, what do you think makes like one of the biggest differences when you, when you are encouraging a person who is walking through a really hard season in their marriage? So the first one, I don't know about everyone listening, but for me, my anxiety was rooted in a lack of humility. It was rooted in pride, like I'd mentioned, and not quite understanding God's grace. I understood it in my head, but not my heart. I understood that it was for other people who had messed up, but not for me because I was walking the straight and narrow. I was doing everything that I should. And my anxiety was was rooted in feeling like it was up to me to hold it all together Mm. and didn't understand the surrender aspect. And it's interesting because I'm not diagnosed with anxiety, but I sure struggle a lot with it. And Mm. I did some research on on it and the Greek word, and you've probably talked about this through, you know, all your episodes, but I just found it interesting for this, that the Greek word that anxiety originates from means um, for someone to be pulled apart, drawn in opposite directions or divided into parts. And so you're not only doing that within yourself and your relationship with the Lord and just feeling pulled in all these directions, right? Like the overwhelm aspect, but in a, inside of a marriage, it's contributing to division, lack of unity. You're experiencing that tension and feeling torn apart, and you're not able to give your complete attention to what God has for you that day in that moment as you serve your husband, as you work on your marriage. You're so focused on fixing him, meaning your husband, and maybe even good things like really hoping for a better marriage, but you're you're emptied of the strength that you could have in the day and the peace because what's that verse um, that says, you know, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, make a request unto God. And the yeah, peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. It will guard your mind. But the verse right before that says the Lord is near and it's Mm -hmm. the command is there because the Lord is there with you, not because he expects you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and buck up and do it yourself, Mm -hmm. but to surrender it to him. So for, for me, anxiety was, it looked like I was worrying about all the right things and I really wanted this to work, but it was me taking control and not having any humility, not understanding my error and what I was contributing. Yeah. I'm reminded of the section of Galatians chapter five. I believe it starts in like verse 13 ish. um, When it starts talking about the fruit of the spirit and in there, Paul illustrates what the sins of the flesh look like as they are, as they pertain to, you know, being opposite of the fruits of the spirit. And some of those are what you mentioned, like division, strife, unrighteous anger essentially you know there's righteous anger which is the lord's anger right because he is a just god but when anger is rooted in like not getting your way because you're judging the other person right because you're divided and all of that like all of that is rooted in flesh and you appealing to your flesh and so as you're sharing that i'm i'm thinking about how many times i and i'm i've not had you know, we've had like our disagreements and whatnot in our marriage, but we've had a a solid marriage, like 
otherwise, like, you know, generally speaking. Um, but like, we've definitely been divided and it's been pride driven because of like thinking that what we're doing is the right thing. And I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing, like pointing the finger, you know what I mean? Like you're not doing your part and you're not performing and meeting my needs. And like for that, I can just be on my own. Like I'm better off by myself type of thought process without actually saying it, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I kind of, as I was thinking about this, broke it down to like three little, well, they're big, but three steps um, that can sort of help because, or that the things that have helped me the most. And the first one is that perspective shift. And like you say in your intro, switching your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, it's that concept. And I always go back to the Israelites and how God had brought them out of things, but they continuously complained and made it self-focused again and Mm -hmm. the things that they wanted. And maybe some of the things were on the surface level, good. They wanted to worship. But what were they worshiping? What were they asking? Or they got impatient. So they ended up taking it into their own hands and being mm-hmm. divided from God. And he and that I was just reading it for Samuel today, the part where they wanted a king for themselves. And God's like, don't you see? I'm your king. And yeah. um, warning them of all of these things. And so sometimes we want good things for ourselves, for our marriage. We want to feel happy. We want unity. But then we take it into our own hands and we forget his sovereignty his plans we forget to even consult him and we make it all about us and we forget what he's already done and we forget that he can do it again and we lose that heavenly perspective and so one is shifting that perspective and i think that's mostly regained by being in the word and reminding ourselves of who god is just completely Mm -hmm. taking the focus off of our husbands and off of ourselves and sometimes that's a physical change like I will often go outside or as often as I can travel to, you know, I'm in Texas. So as often as I can go to Colorado and I always go up a mountain and I'm just like, oh my gosh, just that perspective shift. And sometimes it's just in my morning routine and I'm just in the word and asking God to give me that reminder. And the second thing um, I thought of was to really, really ask God to reveal any pride in me to get rid of it, to reveal it to me. The verse in Psalm that talks about search me and know my heart and my anxious thoughts and really help me to understand if I am elevating myself to a place with my thoughts or my words or my actions towards my husband of, of course, I probably wouldn't, would never say to him, I'm the better one in the marriage, but I'm, my actions and my thoughts might do that because I might scoff when he does something or I might roll my eyes or I might you know, think, oh, why am I the only one who, whatever. And just to be aware of that mentality. And if a lot of times, if I tend, I know my tendency to isolate. So I will then, that's when I reach out to my community girls and I'll be like, hey guys, I'm really struggling with feeling like I'm the only one working at this. Can y'all pray for me? And I reach out to them and they will either on the spot pray for me or when we meet every week, they will ask us how we're doing. So people know what's going on in my heart and they can help me uproot that pride. And then the third thing is to really have humility that if I want something to change in my marriage, it's driven by my desire to be a better 
partner, not to have a better partner. It's, you know, like the verses in Ephesians 4.29 that says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And then in Philippians 2.3, this is a big one for me, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, consider one another as more important than yourselves. So then I'm challenged to think, well, how am I considering him as better than me when I have the tendency to think that I'm better? And so those are typically three things that help me kind of keep myself in check. <laughs> yeah. So I think the biggest thing that's standing out from those three things is that there is, without you saying it, like there is surrender, right? Like you're willing to give it to God and let him reveal something ugly in you, which I think is hard for anybody, especially people who want to see themselves as like good people to accept. And I think that's the case for anybody, even if you don't think you're a good person, like when you're confronted with the truth of how ugly your actions or your intentions actually like really are. And I, I just want to pause right there and say, comparing yourself to God, not other people is like, what's going to help that actually happen. Um, But yeah, when you're confronted with that ugliness, there's this, like, you have to be willing to admit that it is something that needs to be resolved. And then you actually choosing to submit to the Lord and be humble so that you can submit to your husband and be humble is maybe like, it's hard. It's to put it in like the easiest, simplest words. It's mad hard like to do that. Like in practice versus saying it, how do you walk that out? Yeah, I mean, it's often looks like I get mad at first or I want to shut down or deflect during a conflict or get defensive. And then in my time with the Lord if I've gone about that conflict in a negative way, feeling the Holy Spirit convicting me afterward um, Mm -hmm. and going back to my husband and apologizing for anything I did or just telling him that I'm aware, like, you know, God tells us that the fruit of the spirit, so it's fruit, it's evident, right? You can't walk by a tree and go, oh, that's a healthy tree when you see rotten fruit on it. And Mm -hmm. if there are things that are, it's obvious, it's evident, I had a bad attitude or I reacted this way. That's not love, joy, peace, patience, all of that. And mm-hmm. if if fruit that's showing in me is rotten, is not the fruit of the spirit, it's just kind of ignorant to ignore it um, or pretend yeah. that it's not there. So instead of somebody else coming and pointing it out to me, I've learned to sit there with the Lord and let him reveal it to me and go, you were being like this during that conversation. And in humility and surrendering that to the Lord, then going to my husband and admitting that and apologizing. Mm, I love it. So I want to wrap up. Thank you so much for pouring into all the people listening, especially the wives who are going through it in their marriages. Two questions for you. What is like your parting advice or words of encouragement? And then second question, where can ladies find you? What's the best way to connect with you and just interact with you and engage with you more intimately? So the one thing that I probably want to leave everyone with is however it looks like for you, it doesn't have to be journaling, but however you can process things going on in your own heart and in your mind, do the hard thing of even if it's so easy to see other people's errors and your husband's faults, you are part of the 
puzzle and let God start in you first. Yeah. Draw the circle around yourself and ask God to reveal anything within that circle that is not in line with him, that mm-hmm. is something that he wants to grow and, and do in you, regardless of what your husband's doing. And then to find me, um, I have two places. One is the JAR podcast on any platform. Or on Facebook, I have a group that is Christian Wives and Marriage um, group on Facebook. So you can come join us in there and have a lot more conversations like this. That There's some fun and some we laugh in there too. But there are lots of real conversations just like this going on in there. Yeah, I'm part of that group, by the way, guys. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that some of these threads, the questions that Lydia asks, like elicits really hilarious responses. So if you like, I think it's number one, important to be in community with other Christian wives because you get properly oriented back to the word, hopefully. And to just like seeing things from a biblical perspective and thinking about things from the perspective of like, I'm a daughter of the King and I need to like act that way. Right. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing is like, Having that safe space where you know that spiritually you're in a safe place, being able to like find things to kind of vent about and laugh at and then get like redirected back to (laughs) to God. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, was it your, yeah, it was when you asked like, what's your, drop a GIF or something or a GIF Mm -hmm. um, that shows like your response to when your husband like makes a comment. Yeah, it was like when you're just done with a conversation. Yeah, dude, I was cracking up at so many of the posts. I was really like, I don't get on Facebook much because I'm like kind of off social right now. But I took some time to look through all those comments because they were so funny. But, but I didn't yeah. leave them there. It's like, no, oh. you didn't. <laughs> you definitely were like, all right, girl, like, you know that that's that's actually this, right? Like you, you're helping us to see where we were needing some, some godly advice and reorientation. So, um, yeah, definitely check out the job podcast. I listen to it. If you are, I send episodes to my clients, to my friends all the time. And, um, I wouldn't bring anybody on the show who I don't trust. So I just want to like really encourage y'all to check out what Lydia is doing because it's very important. I don't talk about marriage specifically much on this show. So if you are wanting something that speaks in more depth, like her podcast goes into a lot of hard conversations in a really gracious way. So I highly recommend it. And then of course the group on Facebook, I'm in there and she's in there and we're both really down to earth, I would say. So it's like, it's that kind of vibe. Yeah. So that's it. Well, thanks for being here. Definitely want to have you back at some point when more things come up, I'll, I'll try to figure out what to hone in on. There's so many different topics, but I think this was a good introductory episode and conversation with you. So yeah, thank you for having me on friend. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys inside the Facebook. And if you're not interested in the Facebook, then I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, 
head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.